0: you're listening to the vocal fry podcast your weekly dash of voice science pedagogy and pop culture coming to you from hawkins labs in the upside down
1: Okay, vocal fam hello here we are
2: it is us
1: Again. Uh, we have a great Star Trek Picard segment coming at you in a little bit, in a few minutes. Also, stick around for the second half of that yeah, because a dive. wonderful deep voice deep dive about Chris John Herbst's article and at all uh, mm-hmm. comparing chalk with cheese, <laughs> questioning <laughs> so EGG readings. Uh, definitely a very vocal fry yeah. topic. How
2: do how do they take get? What is it? Video chromography. I hope I'm going to try to say that right. Um, Like, uh, how is that taken?
1: I've never done it. So, I've only ever seen the readings of it. I've never actually seen... I didn't think to um, ask
2: that, like, what they actually do to get those.
1: I've never actually seen the actual thing Because, you know, like, one
2: of the nice things about EGG is that it is kind of more affordable than some of the other measurements pieces, other measurements that you can I have like, try a feeling to invest video in and it's chemo- pretty easy
1: i have a feeling video videocomography is more expensive that, that's
2: kind of what i wonder yeah perhaps more accurate but yeah vocal fam curious, so anyway like stick
1: around for the end of the episode for a great talk about egg if you're into that yeah. sort of thing uh and, and registration altogether. registration and considering dogma um Da-na-na. So it was. A lot
2: happened in those last few minutes. A
1: lot happened in the last couple I of minutes. I say the last couple
2: of minutes, but I think we recorded longer than I realized. It <laughs> was like 45 minutes. Yeah. But, That's okay. Uh, it's okay. Some days that happens. Wait, that oh, sentence is hard. <laughs> sentences are hard. it's Look, it's my holiday weekend.
1: Vocal fam. Sarah is actually here with I me. I am literally in the house. In the
2: room where it happens. Well. Da-da-da.
1: Okay. Um. But, uh, yeah, so here we are in the room where it happens, I guess. Well, and is
2: it happening? I, I, well, I'm yes. trying to get a bunch
1: of model win- windows set up.
2: I thought we, well, I thought we were going to talk about Doctor Who. We uh,
1: we got it. We got it. I remember I want to talk. I want to give oh. you. I want to talk about psychoacoustics. Yes, I remember now. And I can actually play you samples because we're both listening on I the same like, oh, headphones. That's
2: tr- oh, that's true. Because sometimes he's like, yeah, I'm playing you a sample. But, guys, fun fact, I am not hearing those samples.
1: Okay. So Vocal Fam, I wanted to give Sarah a catch-up on... Yeah, on
2: everything you've been covering.
1: Things I've been... The way... Okay. In acoustics, if you follow the podcast or the way I talk about things online or whatever.
2: (laughs) Wherever you can hear. There's lots of places you could hear these thoughts.
1: Although I've been trying not to comment much on Facebook anymore. I've noticed. I don't get as many
2: notifications from you. uh, I don't know. It's a rabbit hole. You fall, like, you know, you make one, you get pulled in, yeah. and you fall down.
1: Anyway. Anywho. Not that I'm against any of the groups, it's just... No, no. I'm just, I don't know. Tired? Honestly, busy? I'm busy.
2: Yeah, yeah, I get that.
1: So, psychoacoustics is now how I start, or perception, singing voice perception, is how I start... My acoustics course now. I'm specifically referencing. I, I start with little intros to it in the undergrad class, but I honestly don't explain a lot to them. Yeah, It's just about hearing the phenomenon a little bit. Yeah. In my graduate class, we've gone much more in-depth. deep dive. Yes. How's and, that gone? And, well, it's been great this semester. Fantastic. Because the students in it are all basically at the same level.
2: That is kind of nice.
1: And... And they've been interested. They've been and genuinely, that's
2: honestly important.
1: Interested. One of them, I think, wants to go on and look at coral. Coral, right? Yeah,
2: that'll be very interesting.
1: Ah, uh, well, that's a tricky thing. It's a, I'm sure coral acoustics is. Uh, I am sure. Anyway, <laughs> um, so most of this that I'm going to talk about, in fact, all of it. Is based on Dr. Ian Howell's work at New England Conservatory, and um, if you are not familiar with Dr. Howell's work, this might be a nice little introduction.
2: You are gonna send to them
1: to the ferrets? Who some of it? I don't have any ferrets coming today. We're not. We're no, not I mean, are you gonna send
2: them to it? Are you gonna be like, Go oh, read it.
1: yes? So, what I would say is the first thing I would read of Dr. Howell's. Um, is probably um his article from Voice Prints, the publication of the New York Singing Teachers Association. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um the same one that Sarah and I are going to be published in. Hey,
2: that's coming up next Soon-ish, month. yeah.
1: Um, but that's, uh,
2: you're you're smart. I'm glad you're you're saying this first. <laughs>
1: um but his article is called Necessary Roughness in the Voice Pedagogy Classroom. Mm-hmm. And I would encourage you If you want to, before you make any judgments about Dr. Howell's work, read it and really struggle with it.
2: Well, even like, I mean, it's set up so that you can, you can play around with it yourself. Like you can experience it. Like I would say that the biggest thing to make you be like, oh my gosh, this is legit is when you, you experience it. Yes.
1: Yes. And so you have to live it. You need to you need to be able to actually experience the sounds themselves.
2: Are we about to Yes, let them? we mm-hmm.
1: are. But the other thing I would say is, as you're also doing that, go to the dissertation, mm-hmm. parsing the spectral envelope. And one of the th- the th- the the whole point really of the dissertation and Dr. Howell's work was that We've been turning in the singing voice community to spectrograms mm-hmm. or what what are actually fast Fourier transforms for many decades now. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, there are plenty of examples of how noises that we've descriptively stated about the singing voice often don't line up with actually what that part of the spectrum actually sounds like.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And so so uh, this is just a little bit of an overview of how I introduced psychoacoustics. To your to acoustics class? My class this semester. A grad
2: class though. Yes. Yeah.
1: So the first thing I did, and this is sort of how Dr. Howell frames his work anyway was we approached it from three different angles. Mm -hmm. We approached it from pitch. Okay. We approached it from, and I'll define pitch here in a second, and we approached it from auditory roughness. Okay. And we've approached it from tone color. Okay. Okay? Yes. Sort of the big three.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Pitch auditory roughness and tone color now out there in vocal fry land before you're like well pitch pitch is pitch pitch is pitch Sure. pitch is pitch pitch is the fundamental pitch is the fundamental okay you're just hearing a fundamental by you the are way. in
2: fact just hearing a fundamental that is it
1: I'm gonna add in the next seven harmonics oh gosh now, let me take all the resonances out. That was a little out. loud. Sorry. Sorry, vocal fam. Let me take out all the resonances. Surprise. I meant to do that you're first. awake now. Sorry. Meant to take out resonances before we started. Podcasting problems.
2: Uh. Doo, doo, doo. Now you're just going to get sound. Here we go.
1: There we are. Okay. Fundamental. Okay. Here's the next... 8 harmonics 7
3: harmonics
1: (laughs) so there is harmonics 1 through 8 if I put it back in now the interesting thing is I can remove the fundamental
0: (laughs) but the pitch construct doesn't change
2: yeah you still hear it as the same pitch
1: Yeah. So the human ear, this actually has to do with the way the ear functions, which is that the ear takes about the first eight harmonics. And depending on what source you read, it might vary a little bit, depending on what test it was, Mm -hmm. et cetera, et cetera. And it will take that as the pitch. Okay. The first eight harmonics can be resolved into the pitch. Okay. After harmonic eight, let me add in you things did. above harmonic eight. Something a little different. <laughs> Let me take that back out. So that's. It goes buzz. Now, if we just leave the buzz in, we don't really have pitch. No, not
2: really. You you couldn't identify it.
1: You can't. Your ear. Doesn't really resolve that as frequency, as yeah. pitch, I mean. Yeah. Um, the reason for that is that there's a you know, something called a critical bandwidth and your ear stops distinguishing them as separate tones. Mm-hmm. It just hears them as one conglomerate buzz. All right. Okay? So, the first thing that I framed for them was pitch itself. Okay. And... Not only did I frame it as pitch, but there's another important concept that Dr. Howell talks about in his article. If we actually remove harmonics 5, 6, 7, 8, mm-hmm. we get a noise that's very pure. Yeah. And that's because that function of auditory roughness actually starts happening when there are sine waves that are less, in a musical interval, less than a minor third apart. hmm a minor third or less apart, which starts to happen when we have intervals five and six. So we start getting buzz mm-hmm. with five, maybe six.
2: But it's still pitch.
1: Oh, it's still part of the pitch. Yeah, it's we can part of still the pitch. and so you could hear all those as individual components of the pitch. Mm-hmm. Okay. Here's one through four. Fundamental, one through four. Now, it's very interesting. Let me put in that back through eight and I'm gonna change the pitch. Let's mm-hmm. go to a higher treble pitch, shall we?
2: Ooh.
1: Okay. So this is a G five. Ooh. Now, I'm going to add in those first... Th- that, that's the fundamental. I'm going to add harmonics two through eight. Doesn't sound very... It's
2: not beautiful. That's doesn't
1: sound very human, right? No. Now, uh, there's no resonance on this at all. I yeah. have modus set to have no not resonances. Meant
2: to sound very human. I
1: just turned that up. Didn't mean to. Sorry about that, vocal fam. Um, okay. Here again is that noise. Now, I'm just going to take oh, out five six seven and eight and just play you the first four not as bad it sounds a lot more human right Mm -hmm. because it just has the pure part of the spectrum now i'm going to do something else i'm going to leave those in but i'm going to change the spectral tilt be more like a human yeah and we get even a headier quality right yeah voice teacher language very voice even teacher. more head voice very heady very, very heady very heady all right let 's get rid of that fundamental no one is going to listen to this episode
2: um please stick with us
1: <laughs> now the interesting thing that happens is also There's a lot of registrational things that you can consider with this. But so the first thing I did was I framed pitch. Okay. And I framed what part of even the pitch construct was pure. Okay. And what part of the pitch construct, as Dr. Howe calls it, was rough and resolved. Okay. Now, that phenomenon of the parts that are rough and resolved become incredibly important in like the tenor voice the Mm -hmm. high baritone range, sort of the transitional range, because it's roughly about the point where if I'm ascending from like D to D4 to E4 to F sharp four to whatever, right in there like where my tenor voice would like turn over, Mm -hmm. there are some very interesting things that happen in terms of my singer's format cluster -hmm. Going from being pure buzz Mm -hmm. above harmonic eight when I'm on a lower frequency, Mm -hmm. middle C, maybe a D. Yeah. And that as I ascend past that, they really start to resolve into this. The singers format cluster becomes part of the pitch pitch. construct, which really changes the overall timbre of of the voice. Yeah. Same thing happens in lower treble voices, about that same pitch range. Um Anyway, and so then there's all sorts of fun things that you can also consider with a lower frequency. Particularly with auditory roughness. Here's a lower fundamental. <laughs> Here's its rest of its pitch construct. <laughs> There's its roughness.
2: Yeah, very, very
1: rough. But busy. think about this. I'm going to put in some... I'm just going to put in F1 and F2. It's happening. All
2: right.
1: Okay? Now, here's the fundamental. All right. There's obviously no resonance. It's such a yes. low, low frequency. There's no resonance near the fundamental. Yeah. Here is harmonics two through eight. Now, Sarah, look at the screen.
2: I am seeing it. This is set up Things to an F. Happen. This
1: is set up to an F, three, right? Mm-hmm. And um, already in this voice, the two vowel resonances, not only are they part of the pitch construct, mm-hmm. they're rough and resolved, Yeah. even at this low point. Uh. Now, at that point, a bass voice mm-hmm. would not even have to produce a singer's format cluster to be buzzy. Oh yeah, because their vowel resonances alone are well, that in that rough, rough and resolved area. Resolved, yeah. So anyway, you start to see even, and all I'm doing right now is just playing with Mata. We haven't even like. Taken the step of taking filters. Mm-hmm. So anyway, here's so here's how I here's how I introduced it, Vocal Fam. We did a whole week on pitch. All right. And pitch resolution of roughness into resolution. Mm-hmm. And then we did a whole week on auditory roughness. Okay. I had kind of briefly introduced the concept in week one so they understood how it resolved into the yeah. pitch or not. And with each of those subjects, we would do actual listening to voices okay. as well. That's Pitch, nice. I basically just did with Mata.
2: Yeah, you don't really need anything else.
1: But then with auditory roughness, we really started looking at voices. Okay. Uh, high treble singing, mm-hmm. where we have that 8,000 hertz, 7,000 yeah. hertz energy range. Um, sort of that Dr. Howell. We actually watched Dr. Howell's video on In mm-hmm. Search of a Soprano Singer's <laughs> format. Yes. Um, we watched that video so that they could see that. That's on YouTube vocal fam. Um, and then once we had covered all of that mm-hmm. once we had covered really understanding our class's definition of pitch
2: yeah
1: of basically harmonic two through eight okay The contribution of the fundamental being warmth and roundness and mm-hmm. basically. Ooh, yeah. until we're higher.
2: Mm-hmm. But like a bunch.
1: But we had already covered that and the buzz.
2: Yeah. Buzz is hard to miss. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and basically already identified that as E. Mm-hmm. Once we had covered all that, I had them read the dissertation.
2: Mm. Oh, that's smart. Wait until then at that point.
1: And then we started to talk about absolute spectral tone color. Okay. And And so if you're not familiar, vocal fam, with Dr. Howell's concept of auditory spectral, auditory, (laughs) absolute spectral tone color, the concept is that tones that are this low up here still all have a tone color. Oops, hold on. I got to take the vowel resonances out. All have a tone color of ooh. Up until about C five,
2: and yeah, then it's pretty distinct. And
1: then they start to become different. Mm-hmm. That's a G five. I think the A ah is pretty easy yeah, to hear. Yeah, I was gonna say that. at that point
2: I hear ah, c was O. Oh.
1: Sort of went through that O oh area or all oh, There's on E five. I was gonna say that's in
2: between. And
1: this chart is online. Um, mm-hmm. This chart of Dr. Howell's absolute oh, spectral tone color—it's both on, on Ken Bozeman's website, um, and I think it's on Ian's somewhere as well. I
3: don't know. It's also Probably. in
1: the—it's tr- also in Necessary Roughness. I'm sure if you the Google, article.
2: if you use the Google, I it's also in the w- dissertation. It, I'm sure, it will tell you. And
1: then, of course, eventually, if we get the fundamental high enough,
2: it's nice and oof.
1: And then, eventually, we get to E.
2: Yep, that's it.
1: But it basically takes you through the vowel colors, some oo to o oh to aw oh to i. Yep, that is what you heard. <laughs> um, and then you can consider the implications of that, which are really more important, um, particularly when we have a strong boost. Of a harmonic somewhere. For yeah, in example, a specific area. let me let me play you an ex- one example. Okay, since we're here, all right. I'm gonna open Voce Vista really quickly.
2: So quickly. <laughs> no, but I definitely think like it's it's funny how like you can be reading it and you're like, okay, this is this is feasible. I could maybe buy this. But then you listen to it and you're like, okay. Oh. Here is
1: the perfect example. I think of how. This helps us in our literature. I'm going to let you listen to two seconds of the end of Brooklyn with Eden Espinosa belting her high G sharp. Okay. That's loud, isn't it? Quite. Sorry, vocal fam.
2: Eh, I bet it won't be as loud for them.
1: I can make it. I
2: was gonna say it was only loud to us. Now
1: in this, if you look at this on a spectrogram, we see an incredibly strong second harmonic, right? Yes. Okay. Very probably at least 20 dB
2: even above quote
1: unquote louder than any other sound, or at least twelve. Um now the interesting thing is our literature, our voice this is one example. Our voice ped literature describes belting for example mm-hmm. as brassy mm-hmm. twangy bright uh metallic, metallic
2: yeah.
1: chesty yes and then specifically cites its relationship of the second harmonic and the first vocal oh, tract resonance yes. Right?
2: Yes. Tracking. Now, first of
1: all, to have a first... This second harmonic on this frequency is 1,640 hertz. To have a first vocal tract resonance that that high. high, Remember, ah is basically your highest F1 Mm -hmm. or FR1. To have it... and, And it's usually no more than 800 hertz. To have it double... Yeah, seems unlikely. But anyway, I'm just going, anyway, this is just an example of what, so our literature says that that would be the second harmonic and the first vocal tract resonance. Yes. And then it goes through all those descriptive terms. So let's listen
2: <laughs>
1: to the second harmonic. Yeah. Okay? I'm going to loop this. I want to play it here, here. So here's the whole sound again. I'm going to turn it down a little bit.
2: Appreciated.
1: Now, here is just the second harmonic. Is that chesty, brassy, twangy, metallic? I'm
2: not going to say... I wouldn't say chesty.
1: <laughs> it has a certain ringy quality It is ringy. To I was going to say, like,
2: the only one I might buy is if you were like, oh, it's a little metallic because it, it is very piercing. But it's whistly at the same time. Like metallic's not even the right word because it's really more like a whistle.
1: Now, if we take out the first four harmonics of that sound and just play what's above the first four.
2: That's just E. (laughs)
1: So my point is the buzzy, the -hmm. brassy, the metallic, Mm -hmm. the bright Mm -hmm. is all coming from the bright part or the buzzy part of the spectrum. And actually the way that our literature describes it, you'd think that the second harmonic would be really buzzy, right? Would be buzzy. But in fact, it's giving you actual warmth.
2: The depth that you want.
1: To balance the incredible buzz that's present in the higher harmonics.
2: Yeah, I, I mean.
1: So, vocal fam, the lesson here is to say, this is how I've just went about sort of, this is the first time in class. We don't have time to obviously go into the details that I go into in class. True. But also you could, I mean, pay to be a student. I mean, I <laughs> have a graduate program if you'd like to be if a you'd graduate like to be there. student. Imagine um,
2: some of y'all have probably already done that. But
1: <laughs> uh, the point is simply, I know that there are a lot of arguments that people are making against some of this psychoacoustics information. I really encourage you, before you either believe it or doubt it, Mm-hmm actually read the dissertation and read it in its entirety and play with it and play with the f- concepts in MADA. Yeah. Get yourself Voce Vista video. Yeah. Get your frequency filters going on on your own voice.
2: i saying it doesn't have to be a recording.
1: Listen to what the component parts of your own voice sound like.
2: And then you can have an existential crisis like I did.
1: And then you can have an existential crisis like Sarah yeah. did. Yeah,
2: yeah, um, no big.
1: So that was that was the little acoustics deep dive, deep dive. I sort of wanted to give.
2: Yeah, I I, th- I can imagine that like doing it this way would be like, if you're gonna put it at the beginning, this would be the way to do
1: it. Yes, spend and, some and time I did, in I, the
2: material before you actually like totally deep dive into the dissertation.
1: I would like to point out that. I used more samples than...
2: Oh, yes, of course. Well, <laughs> you weren't trying to cover all this material in 10, 15 minutes. Right.
1: Um, but Weird the,
2: that you can't master a concept that quickly.
1: Right. So anyway, vocal fam, if you'd like to know more about psychoacoustics <laughs> and the singing voice and singing voice perception and acoustics, you could attend... Do I sense a plug? ...the vocal pedago- acoustic vocal pedagogy workshop... Oh, yes. At in New fact. England Conservatory in late July. Go, if you just Google acoustic vocal pedagogy workshop oh. on the Google. On the Google. Or if you go to Facebook.
2: I believe it's all over Facebook.
1: And we also now have a Facebook group, acoustic vocal, pe- vocal really? pedagogy. Really, like if you've already signed up? Facebook group.
2: Fancy.
1: Are you not in our group?
2: Mm. Maybe I am.
1: Certainly. I think I am. I think, I think I am. I think I am. I think
2: I am now that you say that. Well,
1: we talked about it on the fluffy. podcast. We did. And I'm pretty ago. sure
2: I am. Yeah, I thought you were saying that, like, y'all had created one, like, yeah, yeah, I'm a part of it. I thought you were saying you'd created one, like, specifically for no, the no, workshop. No, 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 no. But no, I, I am a part of this group.
1: So, anyway. <laughs> Come learner. to NEC this summer, learn from Dr. Howell himself, learn from Chadley Ballantyne himself, learn from Ken the Great, Ken Bozeman himself. I think himself. It's still early registration. Early registration goes, I think, until April... Uh, April something. ...1 or 15.
2: Let's see. I bet I can look that up. Maybe. Uh,
1: and while we're just plugging summer, of course, come to Nats & Knox. Come to Nats & They are actually also doing a acoustic vocal pedagogy workshop, like, pre-conference thing. Uh, so if you want to come to one of the pre-conference sessions, uh, that would be a good one to go ahead and attend. What are we looking up?
2: I was looking up to see when the early registration. Oh, the early bird date. People like me, very interested in early bird, but I'm also the type of person that puts it off and misses it. Oh, what are you going to do? Well, this is hard to find. Probably under like pricing. Tuition and registration. Mm. Wait, before
1: April, there it is.
2: Oh, yeah, you're right, before April 1st. Early
1: bird registration is oh, April one. Oh, there's even 1.
2: a diagnostic self-assessment test. Yes, the
1: diagnostic self-assessment is on there in case you maybe, if you're unfamiliar, if you know you're unfamiliar with this material, yeah, I like definitely you encourage you to attend the boot camp. The fundamentals, the I see day that. The two-day boot camp. Um, if you really feel like, man, I know my formants and harmonics. like You could also Sa- do voice like, lab like, software Like there. the back of Sarah's hand. That, that event is sold out.
2: Oh well, then you can't do that. The
1: the um, the lab equipment, whatever he called it, voice. What yeah, is it voice called?
2: lab software and instrumentation intensive. That's with too bad with Ian
1: and Josh, our friend Josh. Gleisner, oh yeah, I can see. Oh, and, and Bodo Kayla, Moss and, and Bodo Kayla, and I guess Bodo's gonna be there with him too. He's listed. Um, that event is sold out.
2: Oh yeah, it was only limited to eight participants.
3: And it is sold too late, out. guys. Sorry. Um,
1: But the workshop still has seats available. So if you'd like to know more about all these weird noises that I played into your computer or headphones today. And other things too. I I hopefully not have that loud. uh, You'll balance it. We'll figure it out. Look
2: at you. Fundamentals of Acoustic Vocal Pedagogy. Is your name?
1: Oh, yes. I am also there. Um, But you just heard me talk about it. But come anyway. Yeah, but
2: you're going to say other things.
1: Yeah. Yes. I'll say a bunch of things. Just, Many things will be said. There will be things that will be said. Many things. I mean, this is a podcast. <laughs> we talk. It's literally all we do. Uh, Sarah, really quick, yes, uh, give us give us a rundown of everything we've missed on Doctor Who in the last three, four oh, episodes gosh. on the podcast. Oh
2: gosh, did we talk about? We talked about. <sighs> did we talk about two doctors?
1: So basically, if you're not catching up on Se- Doctor Who series twelve, the biggest moment of the both the biggest two moments of this yeah. whole season happened in about. 15 minutes with any. Well, and then they've
2: literally haven't touched on them since I'm salty. Apparently,
1: Jack is not coming back until next season.
2: I've heard Jack's not coming back, but I am legit salty that like we introduce a second doctor and then we're just going to pretend that never happened.
1: There are some wacko things that are going to go on in the final two episodes I'm sure, of I'm this sure, Doctor Who I'm season. I'm sure. I'm
2: sure. I'm waiting for them. I better get some more explanation of why we got two Doctors. Now, I actually really liked the but second Doctor. It
1: was like all of a sudden we got two Doctors, someone else who was a Time Lord who got blown up. Yeah, a lot of we things got happened. Jack, Captain Jack, Harkness and, back. Yeah,
2: it's like this episode where I'm like, oh, we're getting into the story arc of the season. And then we didn't talk about it again.
1: And this is all coming back. I mean, the master is still, I mean, so like,
2: that's the thing. I'm like, how many episodes do y'all have? Left? Like, because now that they've ignored it, we've for have only what, got two? three
1: episodes yeah, left. Yeah, There've
2: been like two episodes since that happened and we just didn't even touch on it at all.
1: Oh my gosh.
2: And I was just like, what are we doing here? What? You, 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 you dropped some major plot bombs and you're yeah. just leaving them there. The timer is ticking down. And it's like I feel like oh I don't know what I feel like I just uh-huh. that's right it's this it's, is me and Doctor Who right now Someone I'm I'm so
1: things. I've I have to say I I know you may feel that way I think this season has been phenomenal I have loved it.
2: Eh. It's been okay. I I've, I've been, I have I have liked it so much more than last season. Oh. It's not even funny. Yeah. I have definitely appreciated it more. I just really loved that episode and I really I am craving a follow up. That's right. Obviously. Well,
1: obviously. <sighs> Anyway, one last bit of pop culture. Please stick around for the end of the episode to hear specifically the stuff on the EGG with Josh. Yes, yeah, yeah. Um, But first, uh, coming up is, is full card PhD, and then um, Wait, are we can talk about Stranger. Things? I just wanted to mention yeah, the Stranger good, good, Thing. Good. The Stranger cool. Things trailer dropped yesterday. Oh my gosh! Uh, confirmed, Hopper is alive. Well, I think no we
2: all one, knew he was. No
1: one was surprised. You know,
2: honestly, it's a great like marketing move because you know it ends and people for months are talking about right. is Hopper alive? Hopper's totally alive. We think Hopper's alive about the time that that talk really dies down Voila, they Hop drop a alive. trailer that doesn't actually say anything about the next season except confirm what we all really pretty much knew but it gets us all excited again right it's a nice move on their part like appreciated it was well played duffer it was brothers. well played they well done duffer brothers yeah they got me they always we do. continue
1: to love you yep bravo yep uh how about heidi's episode last week oh, it was really can i just say it was
2: crazy It was a great episode
1: it has played very well too oh good uh, so right. vocal fam we're glad you're enjoying that episode yeah we it was a it. great
2: episode i yeah. enjoyed it
1: we have some great guests coming up in the yes, future weeks we really do like
2: it's crazy this is kind of a, a lull we have a
1: little lull here this week no and next week yeah you're and right. then it just like
2: takes off again holy moly we got so the much rest booked. of the
1: school year is like booked whoa yeah it's like, gonna be crazy it's, whoa
2: i mean to y'all it's gonna be normal you're just gonna get one episode a week but for us <laughs>
3: whoa. for us it's gonna be crazy yeah all right so vocal fam hope
2: you enjoyed this intermittent week. oh breakfast i had a frozen waffle just uh, the one well i'm not in my house i don't get to sarah pick what is I eat. actually
1: here with us in clinton I was and gonna say, sarah is about to I'm finally get some time with like, my kiddos yes i am and uh yes
2: i am i'm pumped
1: Woo. uh vocal fam just as a little note from me um Thank you to any of you who reached out uh, yeah. in these last. Um,
2: it's only been like two weeks. Isn't that crazy? Week and a half. It's week been and a week a half, and a half. Yeah.
1: Week and a half to, to two weeks. Um, and uh, just wanted to say thanks for that. Um, for those of you who don't know, we had some health things come up with my son, but he's doing great. He's going to be okay. For those of you who are interested, he's doing great. He's back at school. Hey. Um, and he's a champion. He went
2: back to um jujitsu, right? Yeah, Did I he's, get that right. He's
1: he's, he's hitting the jujitsu too. So
2: yeah, I mean uh, that's awesome.
1: Yeah, it's been and the craziest thing is, um of course, that I put out a all call, all hands on deck to basically my entire artistic community yep. <laughs> to ask, and I I tweeted at Jason Robert Brown to ask him to play Charlie's. Charlie's favorite musical is Songs for a New World and a he's great dealing musical. he's dealing with a new world and um uh Jason actually someone got to him and I think through his assistant and uh, his assistant it actually turns out has the same thing that Charlie has yeah. And Jason world. actually sat and played the opening of Songs for a New World and gave Charlie a shout out. A little, little pep was, talk. Little it was incredible. So thanks to everybody that fantastic. helped make that happen. And for just for everybody who's been praying for us and reaching out for th- with good thoughts for Charlie. Uh, he's doing great. And yeah. just wanted to say thanks for that. All right, stick around. Picard PhD coming at it's you happening. right now. Peace. And more voice stuff. Yeah, and more voice stuff. And Peace. More. Bye it's picard phd now you'll learn something real nerdy on our show as we go to dr glasner's lab in section 31 da, da, da,
0: da, da.
1: Oops. sorry hello you're
0: together Yay.
1: Vocal, f- vocal Fry is together. We yes. are, we are.
2: It's a long weekend, Yay. so we, we made the trek. <laughs> made the trek over, so yeah, it's good. It just so
1: happens that President's Day, it is President's Day Monday, that's yes. Monday. President's Day weekend just happened to align with the MC musical, so.
2: It did, yeah, so it was good. I mean, Jamie and I both have off for President's Day, and we were like, we should go to Clinton. Like, his mom had offered to come and, like, watch our dog for us. We were like, you know what, like. We we see each other plenty, not him and me, but my husband and I. We see each other all the time. Like we we kind of want to go see our friends, and so we, we we drove back to Mississippi.
1: <laughs> Sarah and I don't see and
0: each other. That's plenty. accurate. Yeah. Well, virtually. Yeah, virtually. virtually I was yes. gonna
2: say like I mean I see you every weekend in a sense, but, Jamie and I like basically if we're not at work, we're just sitting at home staring at each other like. Watching Star Trek The Next Gen. Just watching Star Trek Next Gen. Yeah. Yeah. That's basically it.
0: We are battling our way through Enterprise right now. Yeah. Um, mm. It's my least favorite. It's honestly, I'm cool with parts of it, but I'm fine. Kelsey's making fun of me right now because we'll start an episode (laughs) and I'll be like, man, I hate this episode. (laughs) But it happens like every episode. Oh. (laughs) She's like, is there anything that. I'm like, I'm like we we have to watch this we have to get to discovery see but don't you
1: feel sometimes that when you're watching next gen that you're like oh this episode is so terrible i'll watch it anyway yeah yeah, see, yeah
2: i don't have that because i'm just like i have no idea what's happening
1: sarah where are you at this point you're oh, in
2: season four I just, right yes i am i just watched the episode where Jordy actually meets leah brahms in person
0: oh burn. i feel like we talk about leah brahms every single picard I, phd
2: i love leah brahms i think she's super awesome burn. like again she's only really been in two episodes but i'm very impressed with her she's right.
0: only in two episodes she's only
2: in like two but but she's still super cool
0: but she's in some books and that's fun yeah
1: uh, and okay. i have a feeling she's gonna anyway uh we'll get to
2: that yeah. Apparently we have feelings
1: but, uh, well that, that, have you met, are you past LOL yet?
2: Yeah. Oh, you want to know it's season three, you want to know what's really frustrating about the LOL episode. I got halfway into it and Netflix, Netflix wouldn't play the rest of the episode for me. I even went back like two or three days later and tried to watch it. And every time it would get to this spot, like 15, 20 minutes in where, um, Beverly Crusher is talking about like what it was like for her as a teenager or something like that. And it just stops.
1: Or when Wesley was a teenager.
2: No, when she she talks about like oh I remember from my childhood and so oh. I talked to, and like Ow. and she meant I mean she does talk a little about like yeah Wesley too but yeah I, I have not been able to watch that whole like I went and just Googled what happens because I was like well, this is also, important
0: I mean, if you're watching CB if you have CBS All Access well you're watching Picard so you have it um they do have next oh. gen on there and. As does Amazon Prime. Prime, Prime I didn't even it. think Prime about that. I just, I've just
2: i been watching it all through Netflix. Yeah. And so maybe, okay, good. Then I can Because it really frustrated me just because of what Picard centers around exactly. so much to not be able to finish that episode.
1: Yeah. So, so I we didn't are, even think about that. So we are here to talk about Star Trek Picard episode <laughs> four. Yeah. Uh, and I'm just pulling up the...
2: well, like official name?
1: Yes. Thank you. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, Star Trek: Picard, episode four, absolute candor.
2: Oh, that's a good name for it. And that makes sense. what,
1: it I, was. what yeah. I specifically wanted to look up, no, oh, it's not on there.
2: Oh, so Raffi grew on me this episode. I got past yeah. the I got past the JL bit.
1: But was she not a completely different character this episode than
2: well, she was the first episode? Maybe that was it then. <laughs>
0: She was, I mean, and, and she, hmm, I don't know. She was still a little, So she's different, but.
2: Like the way she dealt with Picard was, was still like not kind of standard Starfleet Navy.
0: Right. But it
2: almost made like in this episode, it started to make more sense why she talks to him the way she does. Like. Yeah. Jamie and I started to wonder, I don't know if if y'all have been wondering this too. Like, do y'all think he's suffering from some sort of like, mental degenerative disease be it like dementia why or alzheimer's did, or something why did she
1: make a big deal out of it if he's not I yeah mean, well you don't, like the big deal about his well,
2: study being a replica of his one like a familiar study so, from home
1: sarah it's it's um in it's called aromatic syndrome is mm-hmm. what he has oh. which you find out in the finale of next gen
2: oh so, so yeah. everybody already knew this and i'm sitting here like Y'all, I think sorry. something's wrong with his brain.
1: <laughs> yes. Um,
2: well, that makes sense. I, I, was just, I felt so impressed that I was picking up on this, but everybody else is like, "Yes, Sarah. Duh. <laughs> nice try."
1: I sorry. I wanted to call a I was looking for the name of the of the, cla- the sword dude. Yes. Oh. I wanted to say it right like instead his of just name? making up a word like I just did. But I can't find it anywhere. Are it's talking, all right. Like we'll find order? our
0: stride, like how we, like how we called the Jadvash, like something different, you yeah, know, like second word. episode or something. Like the, something. Like it'll, it'll
1: ha- probably the we'll first. We'll fix ourselves. One. Um. <laughs> so, okay, wh- wh- what did we like about episode four? What, 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 what was sort of on point for us, for us here?
0: Do, do we like? Oh my word! Go ahead. Yeah, go the Romulans, the, the Romulans throwing shade everywhere. That was Ooh. that was enjoyable. Yes. The Absolute Candor, the name of the episode. Perfect. Man. Spot on. I, I, I envy that ability.
1: <laughs> to be able to say whatever it is you're feeling... At the instant, you feel with it. With no filter whatsoever. It's a
2: dangerous thing. with game.
0: really no recourse. And with no recourse.
1: Yeah. 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 It was... Uh...
2: No, I, I actually really liked this episode. I liked how... Um, They just kind of continued to flesh out in how Picard now fit into the world. Because in my mind, like I'm expecting, oh, the Romulans must love Picard because he tried to help them even after Star. But to them, you know, he's just this extension of Starfleet that abandoned, like when the going got tough, they feel like he abandoned him. And that to me was like such an interesting perspective to see just, yes, some of the Romulans are like, oh, you helped us. And but it's so true to life that, you know, you do have these differing perspectives and everybody reacts differently. So I just.
0: Exactly.
2: Yeah. And then I guess, you know, cause we've talked about how like Star Trek next gen being more utopian, and this is definitely much more dystopian, just kind of all of that mirrored in that one small world with, I don't, I don't actually remember the name of the world. Um starts with a Vashti. T. Vashti, that's Vashti. it. But like, how you know how they show that flashback and it's this beautiful utopia. I mean, it's just this perfect, like what you would dream of of two peoples living together and welcoming refugees yep. and then to seeing it now. Yeah. So I, I exactly. really I really enjoyed this episode and how things kind of fleshed out. That was me.
1: Josh? Yeah,
0: yeah no, I mean I, I enjoyed it as well. I, I think I'm Wanting it to start moving a little faster, it, I think it
2: definitely was still exposition, just, though. Yeah,
0: it's getting to that point where I'm like, okay, we're like
1: four episodes as ne- in.
0: As of next, as of next uh, episode, we're more than halfway through. No, there's need, eleven.
1: There's eleven.
0: Oh. oh, okay, so we're almost okay. halfway through then. But yeah,
2: there should definitely um, be some action happening now.
0: Yeah, just something.
2: Yeah, I. Um,
0: that. I I'm not sure, honestly how I feel about the like little love story happening oh. on, the, on the board cube. It's yeah. not,
2: it's getting a little weird. How little did
0: they
1: ever get that past like focus groups? That, that took
2: a really weird twist this week. I had actually been on board I mean, with I... it up until this week when I was like, Oh gosh, that's so cringy. I, I, this hurts me.
0: Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, go ahead. No, it's it's just, it, well, all of a there sudden, there are aspects of it that just aren't really 2020.
2: Yes, I 100% agree. Well, and like the character, the guy they don't
0: seem so woke to me. Yeah, For the Borg that are like awakened, it feels very not woke.
2: Yeah, I buy that. That was a bad pun. The guy, like that we're talking about, he kind of went from this sort of Flynn Ridery double spy, like two-sided spy—you don't really know where his actual feelings lie. He he went from that to just really slimy and gross and everything that I feel like yeah. we've turned against as a society recently.
0: We don't know his name, correct? No, it's um, it's Narrick or something. Okay, I
2: don't know. Yeah, I just uh, I was a little disappointed in that because
1: I did... there's no name still for that actor's character on IMDb.
2: Interesting.
0: Really?
1: Um, Harry Treadway is the actor's Treadway is the actor's name. Yeah, Um, one of the many British actors on the show because Santiago Cabrera, while having Latin descent and name is British as well. Mm. So actually in this in the episode before Mm -hmm. when Rios's hologram was the I forget which one had the Scottish accent. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And one of them had a British accent, and one of them, because he's every hologram. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but the Brit, like his British accent is actually his native accent. Like the okay. Latin accent is put on. He's actually doing, yeah. a, he's Latino doing a Latino accent. accent. Yeah. Um,
2: He's an interesting character.
1: I, Rios is the one who I think I want to know more about. I really more than want some any backstory. character on this whole Absolutely. show. I think. same. Except, okay. So uh, let me just share this. This is not my source because I just listened to it this morning on Star Trek: The Next Conversation. This um, I finally listened to episode four mm-hmm. this morning on my run. Matt, Myra basically put out this like as a writer. He's like, you could have written every episode up to this point as episode one. You're probably right. And then started. For example, yeah. I, I I dislike when art starts putting obvious, when when you can start seeing the craft in art, I don't like it. Mm-hmm. Like for example, we talk about this as singing teachers, right? If mm-hmm. you start seeing someone's technique Rather than just experiencing yeah. the art, yeah, yeah. you don't like it, yeah. right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let me give you a perfect example of how I think we're seeing the craft rather than actually experiencing art, and I hate to say this because Michael Shabon, Shabon is, is an incredible writer. Okay, the scene when they go back into his his quarters in like the vineyard. Mm -hmm. And Rafi is questioning him about, like, why are we going to Vashti? Like, this Mm -hmm. makes no sense. Whatever. So, Alison Pill's character comes in, the blonde.
2: Yeah. Who thinks that she's essentially just a cheap Kristen Bell? She, well... Like, they couldn't get Kristen Bell on the show, uh, and they were like, we really like Kristen Bell. she
1: has a career. I mean, so...
2: I think I think that her character the, is in essence I mean, it's Kristen
1: the same Bell character type, but um, yeah, it's becoming comedic. but yeah. but sh- what I dislike is she had no purpose of being in those quarters. Yeah, and they needed someone to be the audience. Yeah, yeah. They needed someone to go. There are ninja Romulans. <laughs> What do you mean there are ninja <laughs> Romulans? There are none Romulans who only speak the truth? What is that? What do you mean this quadrant of space is busy or dangerous? Because all other three characters already know this. Yeah. And right. so, any, either Rios or Rafi, which is also problematic naming two characters with the same first letter of a name, terrible for writing. But also. I <laughs> had not thought about that. But also. <laughs> Then, and Picard, the three of them, they already know all of this. Yeah, You know, and so it's like, well, let's put her in this scene because she doesn't know anything. Well, it's
2: just a cop-out. Because you could subtly write it in to give us that information through their conversation, even if they do all know it. But
1: I feel like that kind of thing is happening too often. Yeah. It's like I'm seeing the obvious obvious character things. It's like, now we're putting the crew together. Now he needs his science officer. Then he needed his first officer. Then he needed his security officer. Now we've put the bridge crew together, including the navigator.
0: Mm -hmm. But wait, there's more.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Right. I kind of feel like we're watching a Ronco, like knife sale. And, and I I hate saying that because it's not, I I, want to be clear. I've enjoyed all four episodes. Yeah. Yeah. Same. Like I have not disliked any of them, but I think my thing about the pace is, you know, it, I, I'm, I'm starting to see craft leak through and I dislike that. Um, I don't want to know that I'm watching television. And I'll give you another example of how I felt that way a little bit. When the admiral first dropped the F bomb at Picard, Mm. I kind of went, I love that. That was great. It Mm -hmm. kind of it didn't take me out of the scene, but it raised the stakes. Yeah. When Rafi just kept cursing at him, I know she's a She's, she's supposed to be no longer, and... no longer a Starfleet officer yeah she's also she's going through PTSD mm-hmm. whatever mm-hmm. okay I get all of that, but the way she curses kind of takes me out of the universe.
2: yeah, cursing just to have cursing yes
1: mm-hmm. rather than the elevated society that Starfleet officers were a part of and maybe they're just trying to tell us they're not Starfleet officers.
2: Yeah. Except that... Well, I mean, I
0: do think that they are trying to change... I mean, they are doing that. I'm sorry. I oh, mean- I was just going
2: to say that in contrast, though, you know, they've made a point of telling us that Rios is the good little Starfleet officer.
1: Right. Yeah. But he hasn't cursed, I don't think.
2: No, that's what I'm saying. Like, they've made a point of showing that, like, even though he is no longer a Starfleet officer, at the same time, Rafi points out all the time, like, oh, well, aren't you just the good little Starfleet officer? Like, you weren't even going to question him. You were just going to put in the course or something like that.
1: Yeah, that's right.
2: So... That's right. I mean, it's fine. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe they're trying to build sort of a juxtaposition between the two of them, these two people that had similar falls from grace. And then, oh,
1: that's a good point. That is that is totally okay. valid. One okay. of
2: them is still so, really holds to those ideals, kind of like Picard left because Starfleet was no longer Starfleet, whereas she kind oh, of she was got kicked, drum- out. kicked out, lost her way, fell deep, deep down.
1: So, I yeah. don't know. okay. Here's what I can't figure out. Actually, okay, let me give you one other thing of what I'm seeing as craft, and I don't like it. Because, again, I have no problem when television pushes an agenda.
3: Mm -hmm.
1: Sure. You you and I have had the conversation, Sarah, about Doctor Who this season, that on Orphan 55, it felt heavy-handed... About environmentalism. Oh, yeah. We didn't have any problem with them tackling environmentalism as an issue. It was issue. just
2: so shoved just in your face. There was nothing subtle or organic about right it. Write it well. Yeah,
1: yeah. Right, subtle and organic. Yeah. yeah, that's what I'm looking for. Right. I fear that the showrunners have a view that 9-11 was the Mars attack. The Federation became xenophobic just like the United States became xenophobic. Mm -hmm. And we're seeing now refugees put into camps, the corruption of the senior... You see what I'm saying? I I feel like if you're gonna do that, that's fine. If that's the choices you're making, but to make them seemingly this blatantly obvious... Is like, come on, man! Like we I, we all we're all bombarded with the news cycle all the time in our society. Yeah, I don't need Star Trek to tell me the
0: news. But again, but I mean, I I feel like I say this very frequently. Um, Star Trek has always been that. I mean, yes, but.
1: That's true. I mean, you have a point.
0: You have a point. You have a point. I mean, you literally have original series with, you know, this race that is one. Their one face. Their one yeah. half. Their face is black, and the other face is white. Yes. Yeah, and so the I other agree. half of the uh, species has the opposites. The opposite side, and we mm-hmm. would look at that. You or know, the, like the society the, with,
1: or like the episode where they go back to a planet that is essentially like Earth, and yeah. they end up it's after the nuclear Ooh. winter and they yep. end up reading like the, the things from the book, which is actually a broken up declaration of independence. Uh. Yeah. Um, even though they don't have all the words. Yeah. <laughs> sure. well, It's funny. We're or, just... or
0: lines. I mean, honestly, how blatant can you get in original series when you say, when you introduce the Romulans right. and you say, we don't know much about them, but we know that they were using primitive weapons um, primitive nuclear weapons that we don't use anymore mm-hmm. in right. this war, right? right? I mean, right. It's, right. how blatant can you get? I, I don't know that I, as of right now, agree with you about the 9-11 thing. And so I don't necessarily think it's that cool. obvious. If, 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 yeah. If, we're, if we, if if we if, you know, a bunch of us can still think of multiple different explanations for or like paths that they're going, then maybe Mm -hmm. it's not so... Sure. Like I was saying... I could see where where it goes that way. It was just my fear.
2: It's not as blatant as Doctor Who has been this season.
1: Oh, well, not with, particularly with Orphan 55.
2: Yeah. It's not as like, because those episodes have been like, in your face like this, like that might be the direction they're going. And there might come a point in future episodes where we're like, okay, this is what they're doing Yeah. right now. I I think I I understand what you mean. Like maybe being nervous that this is what's going to happen, but it might not be
1: what happens. So can I, can I play a little bit on speculation with Josh's theory? Mm -hmm. Okay. Borg origin story.
0: It's yeah.
1: I've been thinking about this all blasted week okay <laughs> like in my absolute zero spare time while i'm running i've been thinking about this <laughs> so the romulans okay perna's going out on the ledge here
2: is this one of your here we it? go like the wall is turning around <laughs> we've pushed we
1: pushed the button above yoda's head oh no And the wall <laughs> is circling and then we're gonna just like see, a giant we're gonna like see the board map. with yarn all
2: yep. across. <laughs>
1: So the Romulans did create the Borg Mm. a thousand years ago. They sent them off to the Delta Quadrant. But since they were Romulan, and the Romulans are like the Romans, Mm. the Romans, what did the Romans do? If you know your world history... The Romans didn't create much. They were not the Greeks. No,
2: they assimilated. Oh, they, right. assimilated they assimilated other
1: oh. technology and culture. Yeah. Yeah. And so literally, they took the best. if we're going to retcon the Borg as original Romulans,
2: make, I mean, it
1: actually makes an incredible amount of sense, particularly then in light of the fact that then the Romulans realized that they had created this monster, and but that they knew that the monster wouldn't destroy them. And so they take them out into the deepest reaches of the galaxy and they leave them there, but they start assimilating and building uh, other people's technologies so Mm -hmm. that they can travel back to Romulus. Yikes. And... And, and so and the Romulans realize this. Hold on. this I actually have another st- stage to this. Oh,
2: this, okay. The
1: Romulans realize that the Borg are coming for them after that they attack that ship that those people were on, those refugee reclaimed Romulans were on. Mm-hmm. And then the Romulans know that they have to destroy the Borg or all life in the universe will get destroyed. So what did they do? Tried, I don't, I don't they know set their own galaxy's sun to supernova. Is that- and what do they do? All of a sudden they hear that Starfleet is coming to rescue them. And so what do they do? They have to stop that from happening. And so they plant the senior officials disguised as Starfleet officers who they always had there. Mm-hmm. They activate them. All of a sudden, Starfleet is under Romulan control. They stop the Romulan rescue effort solely so that the Borg can finally be destroyed, and the Romulans can survive by infiltrating the Federation. Okay, I just this is a I,
2: deep. This is so. This is, this is, a is very literally.
1: I wrote that whole thing in ransom note font.
2: Uh, (laughs) uh, That that I buy It's like
1: a page out of uh, Venard Mechanism and Technique (laughs) Um Anyway, sorry. Does each uh,
0: paragraph have a number? Yes. No. Yes. It's Every single
1: reference. I even said, no, there's more. There's, there's another There's part. more. There's
2: another face. Because I'm like, because oh, I was up, I was up with you for parts of it.
1: <laughs> and then I don't
2: the, think I can buy into it all. And then
1: the conspiracy theories just went. It too just kept far. going.
2: Yeah. yeah.
0: The, the only, the, the weak point I think in it is really just like, I, I don't know what they're going to, how they're going to explain uh Janeway. Yeah. What Janeway did to the board. Right. Yes. I, my, I always thought that this was just like, even, even maybe the 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 this cube being disconnected had something to do with Janeway, um, destroying Unimatrix Zero Zero One.
1: Right. Which Sarah has not seen.
2: I've not. So I don't know, That don't really mean anything to
1: me, but that's okay. Janeway drinks a lot of coffee. Oh, all right. And of- she
0: goes to Nebula- Nebulas to try and find the coffee. Yeah,
1: a lot of a co- lot of coffee coffee Uh,
2: do y'all really mean coffee or is this like code for like drugs or something
0: no no no, it means coffee it really means coffee there's literally there's literally a line Uh in one of the episodes where she says uh there's coffee in that nebula and it's a, it's a meme in very nerdy circles.
2: Fantastic. I'm ready. I'll, I'll be, I'll be looking for, I'll get there. Cause just like anytime <laughs> y'all will, will talk about something and I'll get to that episode. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is the episode. This is Star
1: Trek Voyager <laughs> we're talking about. Oh, This well is then a whole new series. It'll be there.
2: I think Jamie and I want to watch maybe Discovery. After watch next Discovery. Gen.
1: However, knowing you.
2: Oh no. Don't binge it. Maybe. Is that?
1: You're going to need to take breaks during Discovery.
2: I totally buy that.
1: Discovery is the Game of Thrones of the Star oh, Trek man. universe.
2: Sometimes I have to pause next gen because it's, get, it's getting where it's a little... It's a little there are moments <laughs> where I'm like, Ugh, oh, I'm so angry. I've got to walk away.
3: Uh, that happens to me sometimes. Uh, well.
2: <laughs> it's you. It's you. Honestly, it's usually because something has happened to Data, like the oh, episode. The episode where where Data um he's trying to save them all, but like they wipe their memories, and Data's the only one that knows. But he has to lie to them, and they think that maybe Data's done something. Oh, Sarah, oh, I got really mad, and I paused it, and I was like, I gotta, I gotta take a minute. Oh, this just
1: is- wait till Michael Michael Burnham has to pick. Which one she wants, right, Josh?
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: No. I don't even know. <laughs> who that is. And then you realize what's happening. Uh... Yeah, I'm not
2: there yet. I, I don't I don't know what we're talking about
1: now. No, I know you don't. Anyway, um, so alright, Star Trek Picard. We're four episodes <laughs> in. I mean, we have to mention this. What did we think of Ninja Warrior Batman? Oh, the, Romulan. the, the guy. Oh my that...
0: word. What about a what about the 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 uh, the head being severed That's what I'm talking oh, about.
2: That was a little intense. It was very that
0: was, that Tarantino. Was
2: I like him.
1: I mean, all of a sudden, it was like. Uh, and then I loved Picard, how strong he was with yeah, him. Yeah, like, I mean, you're not doing that again. Blah blah if blah. If you're gonna bind to your me. sword
2: to me, then like, this not gonna be a thing.
1: Yeah. yeah.
2: No, I I like that. So
1: Picard's got his personal bodyguard.
2: Well, it's nice to finally get some backstory, like some real backstory on a character. Like, we know why this guy acts the way he does. Yeah, but
1: we have backstory on Rafi, too.
2: Some. Not enough. I need more from her. I need some on Rios.
0: Yes. We'll get that, I think.
2: Yeah.
1: And, of course, just to wrap Picard business up, Seven of Nine.
0: Seven of Nine is finally here.
2: Jamie had to explain that to me. I was like... Set oh her, just wait her name
0: the
1: the oh it's a it's a thing the the awesomeness of seven of nine is coming
2: have i asked y'all already if y'all think blonde girl might secretly be a double agent have i asked y'all that or did i just talk to jamie about my theory with her
1: i'm i'm not convinced that she's not bruce maddox's daughter
2: well my thing with her is very convenient that she walks in after the like of oh, people whose names i can't remember not not jad Vash. that's what we accidentally called them right
1: no, Jad Vash is right.
2: Jad Vash. She comes in after them. Like, what? What? Like, she happens to yeah, go see the admiral. True. And then she comes in. And where'd she get that gun from? She didn't take it off the guy. She can't fight. She just had it and happened to kill the last or one. Or
1: can she?
2: Well, or can she? But still, like, I, oh, I've, wow. been, I've actually been wondering if she's everything she says she is. Just in case so. anyone was curious.
1: So what do we think? We meet Bruce Maddox by the end of the season? Oh, that might
2: be like the last episode. Right,
1: right. In the finale or but maybe maybe the penultimate Given episode. the
2: pacing of this, I could see that being like right near the end. That's totally. my guess. Yeah. I would have said earlier, but, but this, is, this is a little slow, so I'm going to say not so much. I'm
1: going to say right now, I don't buy your theory that Picard is dead at the end of this season.
2: Yeah, they, no. again, they're moving I slow. I don't think
1: Picard dies prior to
0: meeting, re, reuniting with Guinan oh because oh, yeah. Yeah, he asked her to i but i but remember what i said was either he dies or he or someone like has some life-altering uh like thing that saves him yeah that was my yeah that I, was my theory sure
2: i'd bet that well or he might like if he doesn't i i don't think he makes it all the way through season two like maybe he dies halfway through I season could two maybe
1: see that because he, he's he,
2: old, guys. You can't, you
1: can't finish that story without he and Guinan actually interacting. Yeah. True, true.
2: I like Guinan. She's, I've I've actually really grown to like her character Whoopi a lot. I can't wait for to be lot. back
1: on the show. But also... It's going to be awesome. How many of the problems of the writing could they have fixed by introducing Jordi LaForge? I'm just saying. E- like I feel yeah. like we could have fixed so many of the pacing problems if... Jordy had been with Picard this whole time and we were almost experiencing the events of the setup through Jordy, like Mars attack, the Romulan rescue. Mm.
0: Uh, yeah, you could really truncate quite a lot then.
2: Yes. Did y'all know that guy was like, he's like the Reading Rainbow guy. Yes, and,
1: take, Kunta take, and Kunta Kinte. And
0: Kunta Kinte.
2: I don't know who that is, but I do know he he's was on the Reading Rainbow. He's character
1: of the miniseries Roots.
2: I haven't watched that, but I have watched Reading Rainbow.
1: Sarah!
2: He was on that. Reading Rainbow. When was Roots? I mean, I don't...
1: *Roots* It's probably the when... most important miniseries in the history
0: of television. Let me look it up. I don't. It was about not a, not a, a mentioned book. And, uh, it's... I
2: know there's a book. I, I've Huxley. heard of the book.
0: Huxley, right? Uh, yeah, Alex Huxley. Er, yeah.
2: When would I have... Oh, 2016.
1: No, that's the remake, isn't it? There's
2: it's one yeah, that's remake. like... 1977 yeah oh that's yeah because this is the thing
0: that made, made LeVar, levar burton famous yeah oh
2: well
1: he was a slave brought over from africa and then it tells the whole story of his family and his descendants and yeah. i knew
2: it was the i didn't know i didn't know there was a mini series it's about an incredibly it. important yeah it's I you should, should watch go, it sometime. i should go watch it's uh
1: it's not a pleasant watch
2: no uh, is it is but it but as it is black history is mind, it brutal like how? oh yeah you're gonna have
1: problems with it
2: okay that's a, and then that might be part of why i ha- haven't seen it but
1: yes no it's it's a. it
2: it's might be one where difficult. i could read the book but not watch yeah. the show because like i can yes. read game of thrones but i can't Sorry. watch game of thrones speaking
1: of things that you'll struggle to watch but just that i'm super duper pumped about before we move to josh's voice thing for the week anthony mackie is doing the second season of altered carbon and it launches this month on Netflix.
0: Oh. Nice. Oh
1: my gosh. Did we never talked about Altered no, Carbon?
2: No, I, I haven't watched that. And
1: nor should it was you. Really oh, good. Nor <laughs> nor no, Sarah. You Sarah, you should not no, watch Altered of I'm all sh- the television in the history of mankind. That's
2: one I should not watch. It is
1: the one you should not watch. I Colin. don't think you'd make it through the first five minutes.
2: I totally look, look, it took me ten minutes into the first episode of Picard. I had to stop and go cry for like ten minutes. But Anthony oh. Ma- Anthony yeah, was, Mackie, are
1: you kidding me? New Captain America, the I Falcon do love himself, Anthony Mackie. Yeah. as t- Takeshi. I mean, are you kidding me? What? Wow. Anyway, <laughs> all right, Josh, give us your voice thing for the week.
0: So I've been thinking about registration. Oh, I'm okay. just kidding. It's not that bad. I'm kidding. I'm kidding.
1: <laughs> I was a joke. <laughs> yeah, I love.
2: Just all of us just oh That's
1: dear. That's the most
3: vocal we fried ready.
1: joke <laughs> in the history of mankind. So I've been thinking about <laughs> registration. Just, this is oh like man. this is like a I wasn't uh, ready. This is like a sports talk radio day where there's no news and so the guy goes, "So Pete Rose, Hall of Fame."
3: and that's and that's the whole day josh
1: knows what i'm talking about
3: that's sports play it so it's
0: so it's registration adjacent um i've been thinking about uh you know how we uh, there there are voice researchers vocal pedagogy specialists nowadays who are um you know willing to question things um there are voice scientists who are willing to question things that we kind of have passed down um in, in voice research for, you know, decades. Um, and I was thinking about EGG this week. Um, and, and I think that it's really, as we're trying to understand registration and have ways to talk about it and, um, and explain it in, in really, in really like, uh, simple ways, as simple as possible. Um, Oftentimes we in the voice in the voice pedagogy and voice science community, we start talking about EGG mm-hmm. um, and EGG measurements are, as people here who uh, have worked with them know, are kind of tricky to get clear signals with. Yes. Um, the e- we have <laughs> a love-hate relationship especially with Especially for, um, uh, for people who are for individuals who are assigned female at birth. Um, yes. uh, biologically mm. female. Uh, larynges are smaller than the current uh, electrodes for EGGs. Sarah has um, great EEG the... signal though. I do,
2: I do. I'm, I'm sorry, don't... Sarah oh, has I just, great EGG For whatever signal. reason, EGGs really like me. Awesome. Do do with that information what you will about my larynx. So, <laughs> so,
0: <laughs> so I don't know. There was a paper. So there was a paper that came out um, back in oh, I think 2015 or so, 2016. Um, by Christian Herbst, uh, Sh- uh Daniel Bowling, and Jan Schvet.
1: Chalk with cheese. Um,
0: uh, I'm sorry.
1: Comparing chalk with cheese.
0: Comparing oh, chalk with I cheese, that, the E yeah. contact quotient is only a limited surrogate of the closed quotient. So so just a, uh, I guess suppose a I suppose a like a brief summary of this paper. Essentially what Christian and his uh what Christian did, what Dr. Herbst did was uh, he looked at different algorithms to measure um, CQ, to measure closed quotient. Um, and he found that um, they actually didn't agree much at all mm-hmm. with, the, with video videocamography. So closed quotient as measured from video mm-hmm. which actually got a visu- gives you a visual representation or a visual of the vocal folds. And from that, you can measure how much they're closing, the d- closing, the degree of closure. If you've the never we've seen, about-
1: if you've never seen videocamography, guys, gals, everybody, it looks like a little like series of snapshots uh, hmm? of like a triangle because that's the shape of the glottis most of the time. And it just looks like a series of them. It's usually in black and white. I do they have color ones? I don't think I've ever seen it. They do. They okay. do, yeah. Um, but uh, anyway, I, I'll try to find a picture, some video comography and put it up. Anyway, go ahead.
0: Yeah. So basically what, what this paper is saying is that, look, we have this, we can measure uh, close quotient from video And it's particularly accurate because we can actually literally measure out the, mm-hmm. um, the, the degree of closure. And in vocal pedagogy, we've we have discussed registration in terms of closed quotient,
3: mm-hmm. but
0: the measurements that we've generally used are from EGGs, not right. videocamography. Yeah. So what what they what this paper is saying is that um, actually these different algorithms that we use to determine closed quotient from the EGG actually don't match the measurements that we get from videocamography. Right. Um, and so that, so the, the, the premise or rather the conclusion of this paper is saying we need to distinguish between, um, contact quotient and closed quotient. I remember watch, uh, watching, uh, Dr. Herbst give this presentation at Voice Foundation yes. and being, um, a little bit sad because it, I wanted to use EGG for my, uh, dissertation research.
3: Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, But I think it's a for people who are interested in EGG measurements or reading these, understanding these papers or people who are interested in building voice labs or people who are interested in pursuing research related to EGG. I think that this paper is something that needs to be read. It's a must read for anybody um, going into vocal pedagogy in 2020.
1: I gave you guys a copy of it in acoustics. You did? Yeah. You did, you Mm -hmm. did.
0: Not a very, again, not a very new... Yeah as as i said not a not a particularly new um paper but i think it's uh something that maybe hasn't quite made the way uh made the rounds through a lot of different uh institutions. It hasn't
2: maybe made the impact that it probably should.
1: Since you brought up registration. Oh, huh. oh man. <sighs> Can i just say when i see discussions of registration online and we'll see them not not too infrequently. Sure. I am still very caught off guard. It's the perfect ex I'm not caught off guard by it. That's the wrong thing to say, Nick. I'm continually surprised at how many people I said this at when we did the PED summit in twenty eighteen. Sure. I made the statement in our little work group that I don't think we still do a good job of disseminating the important information that is out there. Mm. And I'll use an example. At that point, Tizza et al., 2015 consensus on terminology, most people in my work group didn't know what I was talking about. Seriously? and mm. if we as the v- people in universities who are teaching voice pedagogy or we as a podcast i mean we do a pretty good job of talking yeah, about these yeah we talk things. about but but if we're not disseminating that the most up to date information i so I, I my original thing was not about the teeths thing my my original thing was when, in regards to registration i'm shocked I end up online seeing four different camps of people with levels oh. of understanding about registration. Mm-hmm. I see what I like to call the motors, and I don't mean M-O-T-O-R-S. Sure. I mean sure. M-O-D-E-R-S. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. E-R-S, sure. Mode one, mode two people. And they like to make their claims based on the Heinrich and... Uh, Ru- Rubo Rombo uh
0: the Henrie Rubo. yes,
1: thank you um their papers um then I see the people who champion herbstzweck glottal configurations mm-hmm. sure but i'm I'm still sort of wary of the fact that I don't think those two. Which I think have the most evidence behind them are the two that are still out there. The two that I see the most still talked about are one, thyroretinoid dominant, cricothyroid dominant, and two, the Caucus Jennings
0: papers. Could you remind me of those?
1: 2012 2014 journal of voice specifically looking at chest chest mix head mix head
0: oh okay Uh, yeah
1: and my problem with those studies i don't i don't have a problem with their science or their analysis or whatever but if we're basing our understanding of the singing voice on those papers i think one of them had five uh, had seven subjects and five of them were amateur singers Mm-hmm. And the other had maybe 22 subjects and seven of them were professional singers or singers with training. And sure. I know, and I'm not criticizing them for this, but like, I know that I think it based on what Matt said on the podcast last year mm-hmm. at the CCM Institute, they still use that as their model for registration that they teach sure. yeah. at Shenandoah every summer. And that's a place where people are getting all kinds of good information, mm-hmm. you know, but if that's still the model of registration that they're like when we brought up her Speck with Matt, he was kinda like, uh, oh, well, we don't use that one, yeah. Or whatever. Yeah. My thing is, I think we really need to dig in on doing a better job of getting information out to our colleagues. And I don't know the best way to do it, so I started a podcast. Hmm.
0: Yeah. I I just I don't know. I'd say you know I'm, I'm still in early career, right? right? So I'm. I mean, I, it's to the point where I'll do an interview and I have no clue if I'm saying something, saying a faux pas for that institution. For them, um, I um, get it. For them, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, you're talking and, to people because and, 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 the reality, because oh, I'm sorry.
2: Oh no, I was just saying because you're talking to people and you have no idea, like kind of what their background is, what school of thought they came from. Oh, well, like,
0: right. And what I, what I talk about um, a lot with my professional friends, um, as you all know, is that oftentimes we just, we end up teaching what worked for us mm-hmm. the best, right?
1: I make a joke about that in practicum, that, that inevitably, well, I don't yeah, care. Yeah, in like what all you, your classes. You, I, I say it all yeah. the time. What do you do when you teach that first voice lesson? You think back to your first voice lesson and you do lip trills.
0: But- but, but even, but even, I mean, you're right, but even like, um, for, we like to say that we are evidence, evidence-based voice teachers. And I will admit that and I would, I rather, I would say that my teaching evolves over time. And I mm-hmm. think any good mm-hmm. voice teacher should oh, yeah, mine does. notice that in their teaching. Yes. Um, but at the same time, most of us get into vocal pedagogy because I, maybe this is too general, uh, generalized, but a lot of us get into vocal pedagogy because something wasn't working for us.
1: Right. Yeah. And we couldn't yes. express
0: ourselves artistically. Something wasn't working and we couldn't be artistic and communicative with the thing that we grew up loving. Yeah. And yeah. so we go into vocal pedagogy because we want to fix ourselves and then we want to be able to help other people. Yep. Yeah. And along the line, uh, somewhere along that path, some hopefully we have found a way to easily and effectively and musically and artistically express ourselves. And once we find that, that ends up being our method which will hopefully grow and evolve. But I, you know, I don't do exactly what my doctoral advisor did does in his teaching, but there is a lot of that in my teaching and there's nothing wrong with it because it works. But I think the problem is that when, is when we, we get to a problem, when we become dogmatic about,
2: yeah, like this is the only way you could, and I don't know.
0: And I don't right And, and, and there are camps that look at um, a more pragmatic view As weak and i think Mm -hmm. that's the thing that i don't know how to fix i don't know how to say your way works my way works this other way works and they're all different and we're all okay people and humans i think
1: that one of the reasons that i've been championing evidence-based voice pedagogy as a model is that it the venn diagram of that includes more than just research. It also includes, you know, experience. the studio experience. Mm-hmm. And, um, but, but you are, you are right, Josh. And I mean, I do think that, I think it is up to any of us particularly, and I guess I just, you know, I take this challenge for myself and others. I know others who are willing to do it as well. But particularly when, once, we get to a point where we have a job and we're post tenure to challenge whatever dogma we can, um, not to be a jerk about it, just to, you know, sort of ask the question even of ourselves of why do we even think that's right? You know, and I became a, so much of a better teacher the moment I started questioning everything I was doing.
0: Absolutely, and I think that takes us back to this article, right? Like, we're looking at things, um, and the thing yeah. that science typically does quite well is it questions itself, and it challenges itself to be better. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what I really respect about Christian's work, that he's taking this thing, I mean, it, heck, um, uh laryngeal mode model mm-hmm. um, is based on, on EGG measurements. Right. It's not based on videocamography.
3: Yeah.
0: Um, the The and i don't think that we would necessarily disagree with that that model of registration
3: mm-hmm.
0: um but at the same time it is based on this thing that that christian herbst is saying we need to take with a grain of salt
3: yeah
0: um and and he's still respectful of uh, natalie
3: right um
0: yes. and and, a, and, and a... i think we can evolve and change our minds and and let our teaching grow and our opinions change um and that doesn't make us weaker it doesn't make us less intelligent it just makes us curious absolutely and a yeah.
1: great segue into the fact that Chris Sean, as you know is uh going to be the keynote speaker on registration absolutely. at nats in knox at the national conference this summer in nashville and knoxville what did i say nashville knoxville Thank you. You're good, welcome. Good catch. That's what that's. I just
2: don't want people showing up to the wrongs. So don't book your hotel based off of that. It's no, in Knoxville. No,
1: <laughs> it's in Knoxville at the convention center. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Chris cute, John, cute we don't have, we don't have a date solidified yet, but Chris John has agreed to come on Vocal Fry mm-hmm. in the coming, uh, hopefully month and a half sometime, yeah, uh, sometime this spring to preview some of that registration talk. So look out. Vocal yeah, Fry. Be on the It
2: just comes on the scheduling isn't that yeah, always Yeah. as soon it? as we can find a, as soon as we can find
1: a date we will make it happen yeah but as you know Vocal Fam, we're all kind of busy
2: just a bit just yeah. a smidge yeah smidge free Smidgen. time what is that
1: yeah anyway Josh that was great thank you for bringing that article back to our attention yeah Man. I'd forgotten about I, that I, I love that one no I, I it's, a, it's a great piece it's a great yeah. piece you should read it Journal, Journal of Voice right Journal of Voice
0: uh, Journal of Voice yeah yeah, mm-hmm. yeah.
1: So um, definitely go go check that out, and uh, thank you. And we'll be back with uh, episode five next week. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Maybe uh, action happy happens.
1: Week. Happy weekend. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe action happens. Maybe but, uh, action maybe will maybe happen.
2: action happens. I mean, a guy's head got
1: <laughs> chopped off this week.
2: Mm, yeah, but Ooh. it was yeah. yeah. It was like twenty seconds. That whole fight, like <laughs> that's the okay. most action in in four episodes.
1: I mean, Mars got blown well, up. Well,
2: there was some fighting. It's not the same.
1: Exactly. It's not the same. You're that's not that's for, not plot development.
2: Plot. Yeah, I'm waiting for a plot. Like I say action. I really don't care about the shooting and stuff. I want a plot.
1: Anyway. <laughs> All right. See you later, yeah. Josh.
0: Have a great week. Bye. You too.
2: Bye.